Good evening, Crossroads Ministries. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to our uh, 6 o'clock Christmas Eve service. I want to thank you guys all for joining us. Uh, if you're watching online and joining us online, thank you for tuning in as well. Uh, for those of you in the auditorium, would you please stand as we worship and as we celebrate this blessed season.
you're here tonight. As we lift our voices, we want you to be joyful tonight that the Lord is in this place. The King of Kings is here with us as we praise his name and lift his name on high. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love.
going to have a seat. Merry Christmas. Good to be with you guys. My name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors here at Crossroads. And on behalf of our staff, we just want to say Merry Christmas. And we're just so thrilled that you're here. Aren't you glad to be here? Listen, yeah, listen, we're going to be just, we're going to have a good time. We're going to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's going to be a wonderful time. And listen, we've had two wonderful services, and we look forward to another wonderful service. Just celebrating all that Christ has done for us, came to this earth as a baby for us. So just it's awesome. It's going to be a great time. Listen, I want to share with you a few things. One, um, we, uh, we have a Christmas Day uh, gathering tomorrow at 10 a.m., and then we will be having a New Year's Day gathering at 10 a.m. So tomorrow, 10 a.m., a family service. Kids, come on out in your PJs. It's going to be a little cold, but it'll be warm in here. And then on New Year's Day, we're going to be having one gathering, 10 a.m. Christmas Day and New Year's Day, 10 a.m. So come on out and join us, and we're going to have a wonderful time. Tomorrow, we're going to celebrate Christ's birthday, We're going to, and then on New Year's Day, we're going to welcome in the new year and ask God just to guide us as we go into 2023. 
It's always crazy when you add another year, isn't it? And so we're going to trust him with this new year. Listen, I want to share with you, our birthday gift to Jesus is, is something incredible that God has given us and that we are part of here. And so our goal is $100,000. And we have many missionaries and organizations that we support. And we ask God to provide for all their needs. Um, and and these, are, these are people that are taking the gospel of Jesus all over the world and doing tremendous things. And so one of the missionaries on that birthday gift to Jesus is the Gonzalez family from Ecuador. And so they have a special video message just for you. Check this out. Of library, they are friends of Library Baptist Church. We want to send our readings in this Christmas time. In Ecuador, we have a special song called Villancicos. This is one of those songs for you. One, two, three. Con mi burrito sabanero voy camino de Belén. Con mi burrito sabanero voy camino de Belén. Si me ven, si me ven, voy camino de Belén. Si me ven, si me ven, voy camino de Belén. Tuki 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 tuki, tuki 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 Apúrate mi burrito que ya vamos a llegar. God bless you in this Christmas, Pastor Ken and family and all Library Baptists. We send our love to you in this special Christmas time. God bless you and Merry Christmas! We thank God for them. It's awesome. So the Gonzalez family is just one of the many missionaries that we support on the birthday gifts of Jesus. And so I want to share with you our goal was $100,000, and so far God has provided $74,930, so that is something to be thankful for. It's incredible. So just continue to just ask about, you know, ask God about how what part you can play in this, and so there is... There are three different ways you can you can uh, give. You can give online. You can give uh, through the mail. You can also give using the envelopes here in the auditorium. And then on their way out, there are boxes here in the auditorium and then in the foyer. Uh, just designate to the birthday gift of Jesus. But listen, God's going to provide above and beyond anything that we can imagine, immeasurably more. And we're going to watch the needs of these missionaries met. So we're going to continue to trust him. So the, the birthday gift of Jesus is saying, listen, Jesus, you are the most important thing in our lives, and we're going to give the most to you than anyone else on our Christmas on our Christmas list. So, birthday gift to Jesus, God, we're trusting him with that, and uh, we're going to watch him provide for these missionaries. I want to also share uh, Isaiah 9-6 as we think about why we're here, we're, why we're gathered here on Christmas Eve. It's so important to just remember why. And so I want to share Isaiah 9-6. Uh, this is from the Old Testament, and this is uh, Isaiah the prophet. And he says, uh, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but hearing the word peace is, is very calming. It's very reassuring. And that's who Jesus came to be as our Prince of Peace, our Mighty God, our Everlasting Father, our Wonderful Counselor, all those things and more. God Emmanuel, God with us. This gift, this baby, this gift of, of God from Him is Jesus. And so as we continue on this Christmas Eve, let's focus on the greatest gift that's waiting right here. We just need to open it. Church, would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you that we can gather in your name, that we can gather this Christmas Eve and celebrate the greatest gift that's been ever ever given. 
God, I know that I've received gifts in my in my years, and I know many are fantastic, but I know the greatest gift that I ever received was a personal saving relationship with you. God, you've given me purpose and life and hope in this world. And so, Lord, I know that that's the gift that we want everyone here to receive. So, Lord, be with us this evening as we celebrate, as we sing, as we hear from the word here in a little bit. But, God, open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our ears, Lord, to the greatest gift ever given to this world is Jesus Christ. In his powerful name we pray. for Lily Brennan, and this is the first time singing here with us, and we're so glad she was able to sing that song with us tonight. Would you stand with us, please?
as we sing a couple more songs before Pastor Ken comes up.
are so glad that you're here with us tonight. Would you turn to your neighbor, just greet each other, say Merry Christmas to each other. We're so glad to have you worshiping with us tonight. Welcome to the stable. You guys are a little bit early, but that's all right, because very soon it's going to get a little crowded. I hope you guys found the stable quickly. I know that the roads are narrow and there's a lot of people out in the streets. A lot of people are trying to get into all these inns and all these places that need to stay because of the census. I'm glad that you could be here. It's busy out there. It's busy out there. And I know if you walk through those doors, you'll see an innkeeper's family. And that family's getting ready. Their whole guest rooms, all of the rooms are filled. With patients putting down down payments saying, I need to stay here. And they're completely booked. But here, at the stable, it's quiet. And if you listen close enough, maybe you can hear some chickens or some cows getting some exercise in the courtyard. Here at the stable... You can see a big, giant, big window into the courtyard. And maybe over here there's another window that soon there's going to be a light that shines above the fields. Soon, very soon, a man and a woman are going to visit for rest. Over here, you see some chicken feed. A very scared, 
stressed out husband is going to try and make a resting spot for his pregnant wife. And, and next to this chicken feed, you'll see some, some hay that soon the oldest son of the innkeeper is going to take and shred the hay bale and put it in this, this thing. This thing that's called a manger. This thing that we sing about all of the time. But it's not something that's grand. The innkeeper just, just a few minutes ago got some boards from an extra room, some rusty old nails, and just put it together. It wasn't a skillful act. If you look at this picture, no one was ready for who was about to be born into this world. A stable isn't a a good place for someone to have a kid. There's donkeys and chickens and cows and disgustingness. And yet soon, very soon, the king of kings will be born in this stable. But no one was prepared for that. No one knew what was going to happen. No one was ready for this kind of person to enter into the world. And I don't even think the world out there was ready. At that time... All the political views were out the window. Everyone just cared about themselves. And the leaders, the Roman leaders, the Jewish leaders, used Scripture to put other people down. The world was not ready for who was to come. This stable was not ready to be a maternity ward. And even though Joseph and Mary may have known who was coming... I don't think they actually really knew the impact of who was coming. And certainly the innkeeper wasn't ready for who was about to knock on his door. He was busy getting ready. And this couple knocks on the door. And they ask, Is there any place that I can stay? Do you have a room? And the innkeeper says, My inn is booked. And Joseph, hearing those words, he slumps in disappointment. But as he turns towards his wife Mary, who's as pregnant as a woman could be, turns back to the innkeeper and says, is, is there just anywhere that I can stay? Anywhere. And then what I imagine as one of the most important things anyone could have ever said, he said, yes. 
Now, normally we think of this innkeeper as turning away Joseph and Mary and saying, there's no one that's available. There's no one that can take you. But in fact, this innkeeper says, I may not have a guest room for you, but I have a stable where you can stay. The world wasn't ready for the king of kings. And their busyness and their hectic lives, they weren't ready. But that's what's so great about the message of the gospel. Is that even though no one was ready of who was to come, Jesus didn't care if they were ready or not. God sent his son who created the heavens, created the earth. Said you're going to be born in a stable. No one was ready for who was going to be born. But all Jesus needed wasn't preparation, but was a yes. I mean, think back to Mary, who's a teenager, when an angel comes down and says, you're going to have a child. I don't think Mary was ready to have a child. But she said, yes. And Joseph, another angel, came to him and said, don't worry. Take Mary as your wife. And he still said yes. And maybe I like to think that God saw something special in that innkeeper too. It wasn't just Mary and Joseph. But this innkeeper had all the right to say no. To turn them away. But instead, he said yes. And I think me and you are very much like this innkeeper. Like this innkeeper, our lives are so full of stuff, things to do. It's so stressful. It's so hectic. And we may not think we're ready. But Jesus, that doesn't matter to him. Jesus doesn't care if you think you're ready. All you need to do is say yes. I don't know what your stable is, what you think you're unprepared for, what emptiness you might think is there. Allow God to bring a miracle out of that stable. The innkeeper said yes, and you can read of the of the miracles that Jesus brought out of his life
Do you think that he can do that in your life? Do you think he can have an impact in you, in me? Yes. Absolutely yes.
Amen. Thank you, Reagan Allen. Let's give her a hand, man. Awesome. We're, we're so glad to have Reagan back from college. She's a student at Liberty University, grew up here in the church, and man, just what an incredible talent. First time we had her play along with the band like that, too. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And then uh, I want to thank all of our music people. You know, the band, we've had a number of people doing solos. Lily, uh, uh, Kyle's wife was here for two services with him. They did a uh, couple of numbers earlier today. And these people gave their whole Christmas day to be here to help you have a wonderful Christmas. Would you thank God for our band and music ministry here this morning? Now, Christmas is a fun time. I absolutely love Christmas. It's a it's a, a lot of fun. You go out and you you get your gifts and people are getting all their gifts and you're getting ready tonight. Maybe you're going to exchange them tonight. Maybe tomorrow you're going to exchange them. And uh, and you have so much fun. <clears throat> you know, uh, I went out yesterday to uh, do a little bit of shopping. I wasn't planning on it. I uh, I said I'm going to be taking. Friday, because I saw the storm coming, you know, and they were like making it the end of the world. Well, it's not the end of the world. We're all here tonight, right? But uh, they were making it like the end of the world, and I planned all week. I told my wife, I'm going to take Friday as a day of baking, and she just looked at me. She goes, really? Yeah? So I went out, and I got all this stuff. I've never baked before. So I'm into these things called Farkleberry cookies. Anybody know what a Farkleberry is? Well, be careful, but look it up online, okay? Be careful how you spell it. But it's a Farkleberry cookie. And, and I, I, I looked it up, and I, I got a recipe. And so I took all day Friday, and I'm having so much fun. And I made some. I took some to a few people around the neighborhood, and we had a good time. And, and then about 6 o'clock, my wife says, hey, I need you to go out to Tanger Outlets. I'm like, honey, it's 9 below zero out there. Do you know Tanger? There's nothing inside, right? It's all outside, and you go inside. So I go up there, I get up there last night, it's about 6.30, and there's like three cars in the whole parking lot. And silly me, I thought, wow, there's going to be no lines, I'm going to get in and get out of here and get exactly what she wanted me to pick up, right? So I'm walking down, I make it all the way, my store's in the middle of the tanger. And I get up, and it took me to get onto the store that I wanted to go into to realize that every store in tanger was closed. Every one of them, because of the storm. And I'm there saying, I wonder where everybody's at. Christmas is so much fun. I, I ran into some of you out there. I, I went over to Sam's Club. I saw people at Sam, a few of our church family at Sam's Club. <clears throat> but you have a lot of fun. I, you know, <clears throat> you're looking at your gifts and all that. I read this uh, statistic about gifts that adults are into buying toys now. Like, you, uh, you know, these toys that you had whenever you were a kid, they're remaking them and all this nostalgic. They said that Americans will spend $9 billion on adults buying nostalgic toys. Isn't that interesting? So, um, you know, if anybody has a TCR slotless car, let me know. All right? So, anyhow. I remember going out with the kids when the kids were little, having so much fun. And knew many of you here tonight have your kids, and you're having a lot of fun. But I want you to know that, that the gift always tells you a little bit about the person you're giving it to. Like uh, whenever you're giving a gift and you want to you give them something, you say, I know this is what they're like. They like this. So, for example, if you're giving somebody tickets to the ballet, you, you, you know they like ballet, right? If they want stealer tickets, you give them the stealer tickets. And rarely do you give somebody who wants a stealer ticket a ballet ticket. And so this is what happens. And so we've gone through a series here on Sundays we called it the, uh, the Gift is Waiting. We've been talking about the greatest gift of Jesus Christ. 
And as we've looked at the gift that is waiting, the gift that is in Jesus Christ, we looked in Luke, uh, Matthew chapter 2 about the, how the wise men came and they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And each one of those tell us a little bit about Jesus. It tells us a little bit about who he is. When they gave him gold, the gold told us that he was the king. That was a gift that was fit for a king. So in the Old Testament it says that he would come and of his throne there would be no end. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So when the wise men came, they worshipped the Lord and they gave him gold. Then they gave him frankincense. Frankincense is, a, is an incense that the priests would burn in the Old Testament and they would, uh, in, the, in the temple and they would uh, lift, it, lift it up before the Lord and they would mediate between God and man. That's what Jesus was. Jesus was our high priest. He's the mediator between God and man. And so there's one, the scripture says there's one mediator, the man Christ Jesus. And then they gave him myrrh. Myrrh was a gift that was used for a lot of beauty things, uh, a lot of, uh, very fragrant, like a perfume. They would use it for many uses back uh, thousands of years before Jesus. But in Jesus' day, the primary use was for an embalming fluid. And so, so you see that it was, it was used for, to treat the dead. And so what it was, it was a, a symbol of the end of the story. See, because at the manger, you only see the beginning of the story, but it was a symbol that would show us the end of the story. So when you get those gifts, you, you look and you realize who, <clears throat> who that person is because those gifts tell us something about the person. Well, tonight, the greatest gift that you and I could have is in Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about the greatest gift, Jesus Christ. And as you consider the greatest gift, I want you to understand that the gift of Jesus Christ is going to tell you something about you. I'm going to tell you something about me tonight because this gift, when we understand the reason he gave us this gift, it helps us understand who we are. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, I'm going to read the Christmas story to you as it actually happened. And it came to pass in, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census, this census took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own town. Joseph also went to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. It was time for her to have this baby. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you Good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone. I'm sorry here. 
Glory to God. All right, verse 15. So it was with the angels, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and Mary found, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen what they had, uh, what, when they had, now when they had seen him, they made him widely, no, made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the Christ. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she pondered them in her heart. You know, as we consider this tonight, I want you to remember that the shepherds were out there and they hear the message. This was God giving his gift to you. He's giving his gift to me. And as he gives this gift, God has a plan. And as he has this plan, part of the plan was that the, that the shepherds would be among the first to be notified. So he takes the common person out there in the field and he notifies the shepherds. And as the shepherds are out there, their, their life is completely disrupted. They're disrupted by the glory of God. And the scripture says, tells us that they were afraid. The word there is actually terrified. They were terrified with fear. Why would the shepherds be terrified with fear? Because they saw an angel. Why is that such a big deal? Because they, in, in the Old Testament, anybody that had an interaction with God was afraid of them. And here's the reason why. Because if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, you would find out that Adam and Eve had this wonderful relationship with God. But all of a sudden, in comes sin enters the world. God told them, you can, you, can, uh, you can have anything in this garden. You can eat anything except for one tree. Don't eat of it. And they take the decision because somehow they think that they know better. They take the decision and they now are, are going to eat of the tree that God specifically told them, don't eat of this tree. And then what happens that's when fear entered the world. That's when fear started. Now, God comes around and he's looking for Adam. And, and, and he says, Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? And Adam replies, I'm hiding. He was in fear because of the sin that he had done. And what happens is this, is that sin creates a separation from God. We today have fear. I want you to think about the fears that we have. I think we face the fear of rejection. We face the fear of failure. Oh, those are hard, isn't it? Nobody wants to be rejected. Not one person. I don't know anybody that says, yeah, reject me and I'll be happy. You know, that's just not normal. Uh, you, 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 nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody says, man, I'm so glad I failed today. You know, we fear that. You fear getting a, getting a pink slip at work. You, you fear a lot of that, right? We fear rejection and failure. We fear the future. Man, the future is a tough one, isn't it? Man, we're afraid of what the future holds. We're afraid of circumstances. Man, what, what, what if things don't go my way? What if things don't change? What if things never change? I'm hopeless is where we begin to talk, right? And then one of the biggest fears is death. We fear death because it's the end of the journey. And as we think of all these things that we fear... I want to remind you today of the announcement of the angel. Now, look at this. The angels said to these shepherds, do not, verse 10, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. He says, do not be afraid. 
When Jesus entered the world, fear was conquered. Catch that with me. When Jesus entered the world, fear was conquered. He says, do not be afraid. Behold. Now, I want you to catch this. Because that word behold means to, means to gaze, means to consider, to ponder, to put your focus there. He says, don't be afraid. So they were afraid because anytime somebody in the Old Testament got near God, they were afraid of the glory of God. Because God had not yet dwelt among us. For 4,000 years of human history, God had not dwelt among people. Moses encounters God at the burning bush. And as he's up against the burning bush, he's afraid. He takes off his shoes. He's on holy ground. There's fear and trembling. Anytime in the Old Testament that somebody thought that they were getting near to the glory of God, there was fear. And so the angel says, no more fear. Behold. No more hiding from the glory of God. Consider the glory of God. Put your gaze on the glory of God. And folks, let me tell you, that is exactly what happens in our world today. We get so busy with all the trappings of life, with all the festivities, the the Christmas tree, the wrapping paper, all this fun stuff. Sometimes we forget to gaze. Sometimes we forget to behold the good news. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Do not fear, for there is great joy which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now check this out. This is really good news. No fear. The good news is that there is born for you. Now catch that. You. Born for you this day a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord. And you know what this gift of the Savior tells us about us? It tells us that we need a Savior. You see, you might be buying an air fryer for somebody, right? And those air fryers, they take up a lot of space in your kitchen, right? But they don't necessarily need the air fryer. But you needed a Savior. Jesus came because without him, you could not have eternal life. There's no need for fear. There is a Savior. This was not a random event. God had planned this. Now, check this out. God planned this from eternity past. Look what he said in Galatians 4.4. But when the time had fully come, when God sent his son, the time, it was just the right time. God sent his son, born of the Virgin Mary. At when Listen, it wasn't a, a random thing that happened. It was from the very beginning of time, the scriptures tell us, from the foundations of the world, God planned Christmas. So he's been wrapping this gift. He's got the bow on it. He's got the, the ribbon. I mean, he has it all down exactly as he wants it to give to you. Some of you get excited about the bow and the wrapping and you want to have it just right. You know, us men, we like to get those bags with the drawstring on them. You stick it in there and draw it, right? But a lot of the ladies, they love that wrapping. They love that bow. And they have the gift, and it's sitting under the tree for a week or two or ten minutes as soon as we get home from Tanger. They get it under the tree, right? But God had a gift for you, and it is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And he gave you this because you need 
a Savior. I ask you tonight, who needs Christmas? Who needs Christmas? Everyone needs Christmas. You know, I have a a father-in-law. He's not too much into the Christmas wrapping stuff. We get together, he's like, rah, 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 rah. He's kind of a humbug a little bit, right? He's not a bad guy. He's just not into all this. But let me tell you, he doesn't need all this, but he needs Christmas. And every one of us need Christmas. Christmas was about God leaving heaven and coming down to this earth. One pastor said it like this. He said, you've heard the statement, Jesus is the reason for the season. He said, really, you are the reason for the season. Because if you didn't need a Savior, Jesus would never have to come. Jesus came to this earth for you. He is the gift from God for you. And you see, here's the problem. We have the sin problem. We need a Savior because of our sin. Every one of us need Christ. Every one of us need Christmas because of our sin problem. The Old Testament says that God will not let the guilty go unpunished. He continues on and says to be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And there's just one problem. I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. She'll notify you very quickly about that. Okay? I'm not perfect, and neither are you. Ask your wife. She'll tell you too. Listen, none of us are perfect. And the problem is that many of us go out and we try and create a new, a new leaf. We say, well, you know what? I'm just going to turn over a new leaf, and I'm going to try harder. It still doesn't take away the sin problem. You see, what happens is when you go out and the Bible says that there's a way that seems right into a man, the end is destruction. And so when you go out and you try to do that on your own, and you say, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to be a better person, you know what happens? You get frustrated. You, you get let down because you, and then you're mad at yourself because you can't even keep your own goals. Who needs Christmas? We need Christmas. You need Christmas. The scriptures tell us this about our sin. The wages of sin is death. That word death means separation. The wages of sin is death, separation from God Almighty. And a real place called hell, the Bible says. So if I get what I deserve from my sin, it is separation from God. You know, that's the worst part about hell is separation from God. Being away from the the majesty and the glory of God for eternity, the wages of sin is death. The verse continues on, but God's gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You may try to be a better person, but it's not going to take care of the sin problem. Jesus took care of the sin problem. As a matter of fact, Joseph was ready to put Mary away. They were engaged. She comes down pregnant, and she tells him it's God's. And, you know, that's not exactly the the greatest alibi, is it? And so she comes up and she says, listen, you've got to believe me, Joseph. The angel told me, I'm going to carry this baby. It's God. So he went through this whole struggle. And the angel comes to, to Joseph. And look what he tells Joseph. He says, she will bring forth a son and she will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Folks, the biggest problem in our world is not anxiety. It's not loneliness. It's not unhappiness. It's not disappointment. It's not all the problems in our world today. The biggest problem is our sin. We have offended a holy God. God is holy. He's just. Everything he does is right. And God says, 
Your sin has separated you from God. Your iniquities have caused you, God, not to hear you. And yet God came to this earth, and the Scripture says that he will save the people from their sin. God wants to save you from your sin. You know what sin does? Sin destroys relationships. Sin destroys families. Sin destroys your own heart. But even more than all that, sin separates you from a holy God. And so how, did, how would this little baby born in a manger save the people from their sin? Well, John 3.16 talks about how God loved you so much. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved. And you know, if it just stopped there, that'd be, that'd be really wonderful. But God didn't stop there. He said he so loved the world, he loves everybody that's ever lived so much that he sent an angel, that he sent a letter. No. So much that God himself gave his only son, Jesus. And as you look at that manger, Jesus came into that manger. He came by the plan of God in the most humble, most most humble way, the lowliest way. Like, it wasn't an accident that there was no room in the inn. God had a divine appointment for his son to come into the back alley of Bethlehem, into a feeding trough, and so that nobody could say, well, look at his kingship. Look at the gold. Look at the comfy life. No, no, no. As a matter of fact, the scriptures, Jesus himself said that the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man does not have a place to lay his own head. He understood emptiness. He understood the humility. Hey, God loved you so much that he sent him into this manger. And that little baby lived the perfect life. And he grew up living this perfect life. And as he grew up living the perfect life, he goes to the cross. He never once sinned. Parents, he never had back talk from, you know, the, the parents never had back talk from their son Jesus. Could you imagine that? You know, he, you go tell him to clean his room, and the room's clean. I mean, it was, uh, this was the perfect Son of God. He goes to the cross. He's lived the holy life. He's never once cussed. He's never once thought a dirty thought. He went to the cross, and he lays down his life. The Scripture says a ransom for many, that whosoever will believe. That word believe means to trust. When you came in tonight, you trusted that chair to hold you up. You sat down on it. And at that moment, you trusted it till you sat down. But when you sat down, you really trusted it. And God says, I want you to trust me, believe in me, trust in me, and then you will not perish. You will not have to have separation from God. You will have everlasting life with God. And John 10.10 10 says, you'll have life that begins now. Oh, I love this. Uh, the scriptures also tell us over in Matthew 1.23, the angel says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so, folks, listen, God didn't just send an email. Even, you know, imagine today's world, send a text. Isn't that the greatest relationship? I sent you a text. God didn't send you a text. God sent you himself. All of the religions of the world are trying to tell you to be moral, to try harder, 
and to work your way towards God. But Jesus says, that won't work. So therefore, I have to leave heaven. And I have to come down. And as Romans 5, 8 says, demonstrate that God loves me. That God loves you. God demonstrates his own love toward us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He laid down his life. And Jesus himself said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and, and have heavy burdens. I will give you rest. I think in this room tonight, some of you are carrying some heavy burdens. Some of you are having broken hearts over family right now. And it hurts, doesn't it? Some of you got some, some parents that are on their last leg of health. Some of you lost parents last year and the year before and the year before. And, and every time you come to Christmas, man, it's a big, heavy burden, isn't it? But God says, come to me, all who are worried. Man, I get tired of the journey. I get tired of hearing another person who's sick. I get tired. It wears me out. I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the burdens of this world. But God says, you don't have to be afraid. Come to me, and what will he do? He's not going to condemn you. He's going to love you. He's going to give you rest. He continues on. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So I ask you tonight, does your soul have rest? Have you made Christmas personal. Do you, have you made Jesus Christ personal? Listen, Jesus came and he was born in a manger, but you know what? That wasn't his final destination. The final destination of Jesus wasn't even the cross. The final destination for Jesus was your heart. And I want to ask you today, have you opened your heart to Jesus? Have you made this personal? You can do that tonight. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believed in his name. Folks, there's one way to get to heaven. There's one way to have life eternal and to have life abundantly right now. And the only way is through Jesus Christ. You know, what you put under the tree and what you open up under the tree, that doesn't mean anything. All the presence that you put under the tree means nothing without the presence of Christ. And Jesus Christ came so that you could not be separated from him anymore. He came so that you can, so that he can be with us. And now there's no more burning bush. I'm afraid to get in the presence of God because if you open your heart to Jesus, the presence of God steps right into your life right now. And folks, I want to invite you to do that. And maybe you're a follower of Christ. You've been following Jesus for some time. I want to encourage you. Maybe you've gotten into the weariness of life. Maybe you're carrying some burdens. And God's not wanting you to carry those burdens. Emmanuel, God with us. See, when I have Emmanuel, God with me, I'm no longer afraid of my future. I can handle whatever happens because God is with me. I'm no longer afraid of my failures. I'm no longer afraid of my circumstances. It's because he's with me. And when he's with you, that changes everything. He's got it all under control. You hold on to his hand. Actually, he's holding on to yours.
So today, if you've said, Pastor Ken, man, I need a Savior. Tonight's your night. God's knocking at your heart's door. And I want to encourage you, that doorknob is on the inside of your heart. Would you open the door and invite him in? We're going to pray in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to invite Jesus into your heart if that's you tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, if you're here and you say, Pastor Ken, I need a Savior. Oh, I would like to invite you today to just accept him as your Savior. Jesus died to pay for your sin. This little baby who came in a manger didn't stay in a manger. His destination was the cross to get to your heart. And so today, if that's you, you say, Pastor Ken, I need a Savior. Would you pray something like this to the Lord tonight? You don't have to pray it out loud. Just quietly repeat something like this to the Lord tonight. Just pray something like this. Dear God, I come to you as a sinner, and I need a Savior. You died on the cross. You sent your only son, Jesus, born in a manger, Lived the perfect life. He was the only one who could pay for my sin. He died on the cross. He was buried. And three days later, he rose again. And I invite Jesus to be my Savior tonight. I invite him into my heart and soul right here, right now. And for others in the auditorium tonight, maybe you've been carrying some burdens. Life is filled with burdens, isn't it? Life is filled with disappointments, letdowns, change, pain. Jesus says, come unto me and I will give you rest. You need rest for your soul tonight. And in the midst of this Christmas holiday, if you're a follower of Christ, would you just respond to the Lord tonight and say, dear Jesus, I need that rest. God, I've been carrying these burdens. Help me not to carry them. Lord, I've been trying so hard. I'm frustrated with myself, frustrated with my family, frustrated with my friends. I'm frustrated with whatever. And give it to God tonight. Father God, we come before you. And I thank you for the many in this room all day long who've been trusting Jesus Christ. God, I'm sure there are many now. There have been many at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Uh, and God, you're just bringing people to yourself. This has been a wonderful, wonderful day. God, I pray you put your hand of blessing upon all of us as we, as we wrap up our service in just a few moments. And help us as we worship you. Thank you, Lord, that you came to be with us. And God, thank you that the gift of your presence is upon us right now. If we've opened our heart and trusted you, you are indwelling us. And God, we thank you for the powerful gift that you would save your people from their sin. Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close tonight, when you exit, there'll be one of our greeters will be handing these booklets out. This is called The Best Gift Ever. This is the words of Jesus, the life of Jesus. It's the life of Jesus told by one of his eyewitnesses, the book of John, right out of the Bible. If you prayed with me tonight, I'm going to ask you just to take one of those. One of our ladies or or gentlemen will be out there handing out these books. Just take one from them. That will be your sign. Hey, I've trusted Christ, and I want to grow. There's 21 chapters. You can read this in 21 days, one, one a day, and you'll learn so much about the life of Jesus. 
and it will ground you and help you grow in your faith. So I want to say thank you. God has been so good. His name is wonderful. As we close our service, I'd like to ask you to grab your candle, and we're going to sing Silent Night and a few Christmas carols. And as we do, I'm going to ask you to just one by one.
pass the flame. And uh, let's worship the Lord tonight. Silent night, holy night. Silent night, holy night, oh. Adore him, Christ. 
We'll praise his name forever. We'll praise his name forever. We'll praise his name forever. Christ the Lord. Oh, come, let us adore take a look around the auditorium tonight and just look at the beauty of this moment. I want you to see from one candle, one light that was lit. And so the shepherds, they left and they went out and they spread the light. They took the light into the darkness and the good news has gone all over the world. So maybe for some of you, you're the only light in your family. Tomorrow may be a little bit tough because you're the only light. I want you to know God will take that light and one more will light off of you. And another one, and another one, and pretty soon the light of his word will be all over your family. Let's go tomorrow and enjoy our time together as a family, but be thankful for the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's extinguish our candles. We ask that you please take these with you as you exit and put them outside uh, in the foyer. We have trash receptacles. Uh, Just two announcements. Number one, if you prayed with me tonight, please take one of these booklets in the foyer. And number two, I'd like to invite you back to church tomorrow. We'll be here 10 o'clock, one service only, 10 o'clock. Bring the kids in the PJs. We're going to have a good time. God bless you and a Merry Christmas. Who can know?